0: Well, we're going to turn now to Romans chapter 8. We're making our way through this um, series for the next several weeks. We are going to look at all the treasures and joys of uh, Romans chapter 8, what some people have called, uh, you know, the Himalayas of the, of the New Testament, some of the most treasured and important and incredible uh, passages of, of Scripture. So uh, this morning... We're going to look at verses 1 to 11. Life life in the Spirit. Life in the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free "...from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemned, and so he condemned sin in sinful man." in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, that's plural, like y'all, you all however are controlled by the sinful are not are controlled not by the sinful nature but by the spirit if the spirit of god lives in you and if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he does not belong to christ but if christ is in you your body is dead because of sin yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I think about someone who lived a life in step with the Holy Spirit, you know, who found themselves in Christ and walked with him. I think about Francis of Assisi. This person, this real person like you and me, lived 800 years ago. And he was born into a wealthy family. His father was a silk merchant. And as he was growing up and in through his teenage years, he had everything that the world at that time could offer him all kinds of delights, all kinds of enjoyments, all kinds of pleasures. And yet he realized, at the age of 20, that they weren't enough. That they could never satisfy him. That the things of this world weren't going to give him what his heart was looking for. At the age of 20, he, he had a terrible sickness And as he was trying to recover from this, he started thinking, what is life really about? Sicknesses and illnesses and pandemics and all these things that slow us down, they can get us thinking about the bigger questions of life. And that was true for Francis of Assisi. It was written that he lost his taste for the worldly life. He didn't want all the stuff that the world offers us, all the things that kind of numb us from our pain and distract us from the questions of life and death. And in his mid 20s, as he's going along in his life and as he's growing in his faith, and as he realizes that all he wants is Christ, he felt that God spoke to him and God said, Repair my church, restore my church renew my church, rebuild my church. And so he started a community of people that 800 years later still exists and is still bearing fruit. He wrote that wonderful hymn that we sang this morning, All Creatures of Our God and King, because he knew that God's beauty is all over creation. And that, you know, like Jesus said, if we don't worship the stones, we'll cry out. And it was also written about him that he loved to celebrate communion. He loved to come to the Lord's table and take the bread and the juice and remember what Christ has done for us. He lived his life in step with the Spirit. It was a life lived in the Holy Spirit. So the Apostle Paul is trying to show us what this life looks like. What a life lived in step with the Holy Spirit looks like. And he says that it's it's two things. There are two extraordinary gifts that only the Lord Jesus can give us that come when we walk in step with the Spirit. First is that there is no condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Second, is that we, we recognize that there's no confidence in the flesh. That we don't trust um, our flesh. We don't trust the things that we desire. We don't trust in ourselves to save ourselves. But we look to Jesus. That he's the one. His spirit is the one that rescues us. So we're going to talk about those two things this morning. The way that Jesus um, takes away our our shame and our guilt. He doesn't condemn us. And secondly, how we have no confidence in the flesh. So right away, this chapter 8 begins with this incredible line. I'm sure that a few of us have committed this to memory but what an incredible idea. It's really at the heart of the gospel, the heart of what Christ has done for us. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And remember, last week we talked about we talked about all the wrestling that we have. We talked about how we don't do the things that we know we should and we do the things that we know we shouldn't. And we, you know, it kind of comes to this climax of what a wretched man I am. We talked about amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. Because when you recognize your brokenness, you recognize that you need a Savior, then thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He's the one that rescues us. So Paul is saying, therefore, because of that, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And this is a very strong word. It's a very strong idea, especially in the original language. It it encompasses three tenses. It means that we never have been condemned, that we're not condemned right now, and that we'll never be condemned into the future. I I, I love this, this idea that we are are freed, that we're delivered, even from our secret sins, even from the things that we're ashamed of, even from the things that we don't want to tell anyone about. In the recovery community, there's a saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. Because when we share our secrets, when we realize that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ, we realize there's nothing to be ashamed of. That Jesus has forgiven us. It's like at the, at the end, I mean, I, this, this movie came out like 25 years ago, but it's a classic. Legend of the Fall. What an incredible movie. This all the beautiful scenery in Montana and everything. And at the end, all the trials and tribulations of this family and Brad Pitt's gotten himself into all this big mess and everything's gone wrong and he's done all this terrible stuff. And his father... His father has been wrecked by a stroke. And he can barely get out the words. Anthony Hopkins, what an actor. And he just says, he just mumbles, you're not damned. You're not damned. Because he just thinks. He thinks he's condemned. He thinks it's all gone for him. He thinks his life is over. But isn't that what Jesus does for us? you're not condemned. You're not sentenced to this life of hell. You're not sentenced to this life of shame and guilt that you can never get out of. We don't have to live our lives under this black cloud of regret and shame, you know, beating ourselves up. Or or the other side of the coin, we think, well, you know, I haven't messed up in a while. I haven't done that thing I don't want to do. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't stolen anything. Aren't I doing good? Look at me, God. And it's really two sides of the same coin. Because when we do that, we're focused on ourselves. We're focused on if we're measuring up. Paul wants us to take our eyes off ourselves and look at Jesus and see what he has done to take the condemnation away to take the shame away, and to invite us into true freedom. Here's here's how it happens. There is a a lot of language here. There's a lot of incredible ideas that we have to um, break down and think about. But Paul says that the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. God took on flesh and blood and became that sin offering, that perfect substitute for us. God offers us. He wants wants a bridge back to himself, this bridge that's, that's cut away by sin. And so when Jesus comes, he comes as this fully human being and lives a sinless life. And as we, uh, as we hear in the catechism, humanity must pay for its sin. A sinner could never pay for another sinner. As much as I would want to, I can't lay my life down for someone else because I'm messed up too. But Jesus... Jesus, because He's totally God and in His divinity and He lived this perfect life, He can bear the weight of God's anger. Because God is angry at sin. He's angry at injustice. He's angry that the world is not how it should be. So we, when we admit that we're lost, And that we're broken and that we're hurting. We admit our sin, but even more so, we understand salvation. We understand thanks be to God. We've been rescued, we've been delivered, and that we know that we can experience deeper wells of love and joy and peace than anything we've ever known. We remember. That there's no condemnation. We remember that Jesus' love hasn't stopped. That it's ongoing. That it's for us. That we know that because of what Christ has done and because of the work of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, life in this Spirit, it looks like, it looks like this. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And second, Paul continues, and he talks about the spirit versus the flesh. And how those that live in the spirit and look to the spirit have life. And those that look to the flesh, that look to this world, that are dependent on what they do, it leads to death. Listen to verses 5 to 8 again, this time from the message Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it in real life. It's like I said before, they're obsessed with their own muscle. They're obsessed with, am I doing good or have I let myself down? Am I pleasing God or have I let God down? When Jesus and the Spirit are just saying, there's no condemnation, there's no condemnation. Continuing on, it says those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. That God's in us. That he's already working. That he's already moving. It's so easy to think that we can do it on our own. But then we hear hymns and we sing hymns like I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. And we recognize that that's for us, that we need you every hour, that we need you every minute, Lord. That without God, we drift into living according to the flesh. The Spirit, Eugene Peterson says, the Spirit is simply life on God's terms. Life on God's terms. What a picture that we're living life according to how God would want us to, on his terms. And that's the world that's coming. That's the new heavens and the new earth, life on God's terms. So the flesh, the flesh is all that's corrupt and dying and rebellious in our world. It's the stuff that won't survive In the book of Malachi, there's this idea of the refiner's fire that burns away anything that won't make it, that burns away all this stuff that's of our flesh. It's sort of like a a welder, a welder that uses fire and heat to burn away those things that are not of the Spirit. So something beautiful remains. But then the flesh... That's like fire in a forest fire that just burns everything in its wake and nothing is left. The Holy Spirit, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that lead to life. This is the fruit of, of the Spirit's work inside of us. Knowing what Jesus has done, knowing you've received the Spirit, it's not a matter of how you feel, it's not a matter of this manifestation or that manifestation, the Spirit is given to all those who trust in Christ. None of us can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit moving in us. That is what it means to walk in step with the Spirit. To know that we're not condemned and we never will be. To know that we don't trust in our own flesh. We don't trust in how we're doing, our actions. But we trust and we know that the Spirit is working inside of us, guiding us. And we know that Jesus Jesus took on flesh in order to save us. That God loved me and you so much that He was willing to take on flesh and blood and come to this earth and go to the cross. And He would have done it even if it was just for one of us. That's how much He loves us. He's defeated sin, He's defeated the flesh, He's defeated death. And he's invited us to live this spirit-filled life. Watch, watch what he does. Watch what he does when we surrender to him. He, he takes away our shame. He gives us this life that, that nothing in this world can compare to. That's life in step with the spirit. That's walking with him through every stage of our life. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, you have taken away the condemnation, the guilt and shame that we feel, the way that we condemn ourselves. God, help us to look to Jesus, to look to the Spirit that lifts that cloud away. God, help us not to trust in the flesh, not to trust in our good behavior, but to walk with the Spirit, to know the joy of living with the Spirit. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen.